Hey folks, today's Wednesday, July 18th, and I'm Josh Boykin, the founder of Intelligame.us. You're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. Today's Wednesday, and if you're like me, your head is spinning just a little bit from watching the news or reading social media or any number of things. Though I typically advocate for games as an opportunity to dig deeper into the world and into ourselves, I will totally admit that I am using games as an opportunity to retreat for just a little bit to find a world that hopefully makes a little bit more sense, to find a problem that I feel like I can solve. I don't know if you've been using games in a similar manner lately, but I totally understand and empathize with the need to find some semblance of order in a world that seems exceptionally chaotic. Though personally, I am still trying to process how the President of the United States can simply get on stage at a press conference the next day and have the audacity to say, well, I I meant to say didn't instead of did. Never mind the entire rest of the sentences that I was speaking and how that doesn't fit into that context. But hey, now we've gone ahead and cleared all that up. That's totally how that works. Moving on, today's Intelligame Radio is going to be a discussion that's not connected to politics and instead is connected to family. I have started playing Final Fantasy XV over again and a scene that I encountered right at the beginning of the game reminded me of another familiar scene from a much older game. And all of this has been leading me to think, well, where are the families in games? Not just the NPC, oh, groups of people hanging out near the explosion that we need to take care of, but actual familial protagonists in games. Let's go ahead and get started. Video games are a constantly growing and shifting medium. And as the tools to create video games are democratized, as more people have the opportunity to create games, we see a wider range of stories. In Waypoint's review of God of War, Patrick Klepek talked about the datification of games. The idea that as more game creators were venturing into parenthood, and many of them were dads, that we would start to see more stories about dads in video games. This also happened in The Last of Us, and we saw a lot of resonance in these particular storylines. It's made me think back to how little I've seen of real familial interactions in games. So many times when we tell stories, whether it's in movies like Star Wars or in modern RPGs, in order for the story to start, the player has to leave the people who they've known in their hometown. In many cases, family members or old friends are actually killed for the sake of the plot's progress. There's a part of me that's hoping that we don't have to keep doing that. 
My best friend back home reached out to me a couple weeks ago via text message. Actually, text messages. He was a little unhappy with the streams that we had done for God of War. He felt that the criticisms that we were levying in terms of its lack of female characters and whatnot were missing processing the ability to see the story of growth of a relationship between an estranged father and son. While I don't believe that you have to rely on heavy-handed tropes like fridging the mother to be able to push those stories along, there still is an importance in being able to build a party of characters in a game from family members playing out some of the rules that are inherent to the ways that we live in life and learn to relate to some of the people who have known us longest and see those roles translated into the games that we play and love. Last night, I started playing Final Fantasy XV, which I never finished, but have always wanted to go back and play. At the beginning of the game, there's a scene between Prince Noctis, the main character, and his father, King Regis, stops him and the rest of the party just before they depart for Altitia, where Noctis is going to be wed to Lady Lunafreya. It's a fairly touching scene, and one that seems to only carry a significant emotional weight in one direction. Much like most teenagers who are ready to finally venture out of the house and do their thing and live their lives, Noctis doesn't seem to understand the gravity of the situation, for plot reasons which you discover later on. Whereas Regis, on the other hand, is seeing his son leave him. The scene carries a certain amount of formality. There's not a specific I love you son or a deep hug. But there are some more of the typical what would be considered as masculine interactions between father and son. A clasping hand on the shoulder, parting words of wisdom about Noctis being able to fulfill his roles as a king as a prince, perhaps it's this kind of scene that registers more heavily to me as I get older, as I think about the ways in which my relationships with my parents are different than they were when I was a teenager, and how I value those interactions and discussions with them in ways that I didn't when I was younger. I also think about relatives of mine that are starting to get older, realizing that there are some family members that I may not have with me for much longer, and trying to have a better understanding of what those implications are for me and for the rest of my family. If games and stories are opportunities for us to reinforce values in our society and culture, then I think that there's a lot of open ground to show more interactions, strong, positive interactions between families. It seems like the reveal of familial bonds is often seen as a negative. For instance, the, the reveal of Vader as Luke's father, or the rivalry between Jekt and Titus in Final Fantasy X, which I haven't played, but do understand is a big deal. One of the strongest familiar interactions I feel like I've seen in games is one that is exceptionally low-tech. In Dragon Quest II, which I was playing for iOS, you play as the hero when he's still just a child. He's actually being escorted around and traveling on a journey with his father, Pankratz. There's a scene where you're about to cross over a bridge, and your father is talking about uh, the view, and he picks you up, 
to put you on his shoulders or to help you see over the bridge. Now, this is a sprite-based, like, 16-bit game. So picking you up to put you on his shoulders is basically, at this point, the equivalent of watching a sprite go up three or four pixels. But there is this moment of touch and interaction and genuine compassion there that meant a lot to me and still registers in my head to this day. Similarly, I think about scenes in Final Fantasy XIII, the Final Fantasy that many people despise but is actually one of my favorites. Saz Katzroy, one of the six party members, is basically looking for his son the entirety of the game. And the scenes in which he and Dodge have an opportunity to interact with each other or memories that we see between the two are some of the most touching and compassionate the game has to offer. In the meantime, Saz having to process what it means to be a father, to be apart from his son, some of the possibilities of what it means if he can't be reunited with his son. Those are really deep cut moments. Yes, Final Fantasy still offers a number of the more conventional plot lines that we see, fighting for friendship, fighting for romantic love, but there's an element of familial compassion and familial love that I, I realize I want more of. Looping back to God of War, I had a conversation with Intelligame contributor Jenny Windham not long after she completed God of War. And she said that even though she understood that there were some issues with the game's representation or treatment of women, she also felt like there was an importance in the ways that the game highlighted this evolution of a relationship between father and son. And though, again, I do not want to excuse the idea of leaning on tropes as an opportunity to tell a story, perhaps there's a little bit of throwing the baby out with the bathwater if we're not able to also process the ways that some other untold stories have been left out of the equation. Personally, I would love to see RPGs that have entire families questing with each other from the beginning to the end of the game. Perhaps processing what it means to have certain party members that are older and other party members that are younger. The ways that you could explore in lore, the desire for the party members to split up. Or in mechanics, the different abilities that they have access to, the HP that they have, or perhaps the ways that their skills gain or decrease as the game progresses on. This does touch a bit on an overall topic of ageism, and particularly some of the ways that it doesn't look like older folks really get their say in games. But overall, I think the games could do with a more familial touch. I'm sure there are games out there that are great examples of these types of relationships, and if you know of them, I would love to hear about them, either by shooting me an email at podcast at intelligame.us, or tagging us on social media at intelligame.us. These are games that I want to dig into and have a better knowledge of. But in the meantime, I hope that the industry, as it ages, as it diversifies, as it grows, finds some opportunities to tell these stories. Stories that for many of us are already a part and parcel of how we live and experience our lives.
Okay, folks, that does it for today's edition of Intelligame Radio. I've been your host, Josh Boykin. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook at Wallstormer. Find more Intelligame content by swinging over to the homepage, Intelligame.us. You can also find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or streaming on Twitch at Intelligame Us. Keep an eye out on Friday for another edition of Intelligame Radio. And keep in mind, we'll be streaming tonight starting at 6 p.m. Pacific time, where we'll be going through the demo of Octopath Traveler, the new RPG that debuted for the Switch, and specifically discussing the storyline of Primrose, the female character who may have a couple problems in her storyline. Also, tomorrow we'll be streaming at 6 o'clock. I will be live with co-contributor Jenny Windham as we go through Monster Prom, trying to find our own monster dates. It's a heck of a game, and keep in mind, it does have some adult themes, so you may want to keep the young kids uh, playing Pokemon or something at this time. Anyway, thanks again for supporting Intelligame. We really appreciate it. If you want to financially support Intelligame, swing over to patreon.com slash us. And until Friday, keep Intelligaming. Yeah.